Welcome to Canyon Hills San Luis Obispo podcast. We hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and equips you to become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. I think this morning we're going to start off on a brand new series called Traveling Light. And today we're going to be talking about um, something that might help some of you who spent way too much time standing in lines or on virtual stuff on Friday. And for some of you that have Cyber Monday on your calendars ready to go because you were getting ready to shop. But today we're going to be starting a series called Traveling Light. And we're going to be talking about stuff today. Look at your neighbor real quick and say, Stuff. Stuff. Let me read you the scripture and then we'll get right to it. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Better a handful with quietness than both hands full, together with toil and grasping for the wind. Let me read that one more time. Better a handful. Would you say handful? With quietness than both hands full, together with toil and grasping for the wind. If you're taking notes today, I want to speak to you from the subject of letting go of stuff. Letting go of stuff. Let's pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Hey, as you're being seated, would you just look at your neighbor real quick and say, it's good to see you. Say, it's good to see me too. It's good to see me too. Hey, um, one of the goals for the next five weeks is we're going to kind of be taking a, a look at kind of a different approach to the Christmas time and really dealing with a lot of things that begin to take place in the holiday time. And today, like I mentioned, we're going to be talking about stuff today. But over the course of the next five weeks, we're going to be talking about some things that, that tend to kind of creep up in this time. Um, because I've, I've, I've noticed that during the, the holiday season, the Christmas season, going into the new year, that there are just certain tensions that we tend to deal with or that we tend to experience that we really don't experience any other time of the year, whether that be from, from family tension to, to feeling the tension of finances to, to feeling kind of the, the, the feelings of, of loneliness. Has it, have anybody of you, by a show of hands, noticed that certain things creep up in the holiday times that don't anywhere else? Okay, cool. I'll take the head of nod. That, that works good. And so I kind of felt led of the Lord to kind of talk about those things. And so while it might seem like today, especially today, but over the course of the next few weeks, seems real practical, it's because I want to show you what God's Word has to say about certain topics, and then I want to give you things that you can do that will help you in this time. And so today we're, we're kind of talking about stuff. And while it might seem a little bit like I could be stepping on toes a little bit or maybe overextending myself, it really comes from a place of always, always wanting God's best for you and for your family and for those around you. So while it might seem that I, I might take a couple shots, just everyone smile at me real quick. Let me see your smiles. Good, good. I want to see those if I say something that seems a little bit kind of edgy, okay? So if I see you giving me like the frown face, you know, like the emoji, I'm, I'm just going to say smile, okay? And then if you can't smile at me, you can smile at your neighbor, but we're going to do a lot of smiling today. Here's the thing about stuff. Here's what I've, I've come to notice. It's amazing as you begin to travel through life, how many things you begin to accumulate. Now, I'm not just talking about stuff. For those of you that know me and my, my poor wife, I am a minimalist at heart. I am all about what is minimal and what is functional. Okay, so like in our household, because my wife cares about the way that certain things look. 
to be functional in our house, according to Vanessa. And listen, it is her house. I'm just living in it. It it is an extension of her identity. I went to marriage counseling before I got married. I understand these things. She does not like the toaster, which is used every day. Every day. She does not like it on the kitchen counter. You know, like where you actually use the toaster. We don't leave it there. No, 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 no. You toast your bagel or your, your toast. And then you get done. And you don't even wait for it to cool off. You, you take it from the counter and then you put it in a cupboard. Sometimes in a whole other room, like in the pantry. That to me is not functional. I use it every day. To which I said, well, Ness, I know the, the nice little, um, I don't know what it's called because, well, I'm a guy. The little mixer thing you use for all of your baked goods, which I love oh so much. That's not used every day, but no, 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 no. That stays on the counter because that is not only something for baking, it is a decorative piece. And if I may take it further, it matches the color of the carpet that's down on the ground in the kitchen. I'm a minimalist. I'm like, nah, it stays there. If we don't use it for like a week, it's gone. Listen, if I had my way, that parking lot, every tree would match. Not only what kind of tree it is, but in the height. I'd be like, every year, call the guy over. I need them all cut the same. The bushes need to be the same. If there's a tree in this set of rows, there needs to be one in this side. Because I'm just, I'm just that kind of guy. So I, I don't really fall into this category of accumulating a lot of stuff. Because I'm a minimalist. And I like it that way. I find my sanity that way. Is anybody else in here identifying with me? <laughs> if you're a husband sitting next to your wife, put your hand down right now. Because some of you guys know, man, you, you not only have a garage for your stuff, you have a shed for your stuff. You have four stalls at a storage facility that you gladly pay for, for all of your stuff. Stuff. Everywhere. But I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. Although for some of you, if you got rid of some stuff, you might find a little bit more peace. I'm telling you, if you need some help, I'll come over. I'll even bring a truck. We'll, we'll go to the dump. Not that kind of stuff. Let me tell you about the stuff that I'm talking about. It's amazing how over the course of time, we actually begin to, begin to accumulate hurts, disappointments, letdowns, seeds of discontentment that grow into all sorts of problems. And today specifically, even though I joked about it, we do accumulate a lot of stuff. And so there's a big idea or kind of like a key thought that I want us to kind of dive into here a little bit today before I get to some points. But this is going to be something that I say throughout the time that is something that I would love for you to commit to memory. Matter of fact, if you are a note taker or you are a person who types all of your notes in your phone, I'm I'm completely good with whatever you do. But this is something that I believe can radically change the way that we look at the things in life that we begin to accumulate that do more harm than they do good. And And I think it goes like this. It's better to have less of what, of what doesn't matter and more of what does matter. I'm going to say that again, and then we're going to say it together. It's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does matter. 
Can, can we just read that together, really? One, two, three. It's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does matter. Here's the problem with that. The problem with that is culture screams everything opposite of that statement right there. Culture would say it's about what you have and more of what you have. But here's the thing. When you look to the Bible, and especially back to the creation story, this whole idea of more isn't a new thing. It's just not for us in this moment in time. This has been going on since the beginning of time. God gives Adam and Eve a paradise. Gives them access to anything they want or need. It's perfect except for one thing. And we all know that. Matter of fact, we'll discover that again because in the new year, we'll bring out our Bibles and we're going to help you guys this year. It's going to be a fantastic year, a year in the Bible. But we'll read about this exact account where God says you can have this and this and this and this. However, not that. So Satan comes along, and we know, and says, did God really say that? Which that's exactly what Satan does. He's always trying to contradict the words of God. When you're tempted, it's contradicting what God would say about whatever it is you're tempted with. So he comes along and begins to plant this seed, whether they know it or not, and it's this idea of, I can have more. Would you just look at your neighbor real quick and say more? That's what he does. He says more. It, it, it's like this. If, 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 if one dollar is good, two's better. If one vacation is good, two's better. If one car is good, two is better. In other words, it's this idea of more and more and more. And what's interesting is this guy by the name of Solomon, he speaks right into this very thing. In our opening text, he says it. He says, better a handful with quietness than both hands full together with toil and with grasping for the wind. In other words, it's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does matter. The big question is why? Why do I believe that to be true? For me personally, I believe it to be true because your life is too valuable, your calling is too great, and your God is too good for you to waste your life on stuff that doesn't last. You're too valuable for that. Your time on earth, too short for that. God would, would rather you live for the things that matter most than to gather and to accumulate and to go after all these things to where your hands are so full that you can't do what God wants you to do. But it's not just the Old Testament that relates to this. It's even Jesus in the New Testament. In Luke chapter 12, verse 15. And he said to them, take heed and be aware of covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of the, what's that next word? Things that he possesses. I love it in the message translation. Speaking to the people, he went on. He said, take care. Protect yourself against the, watch this word, least bit of greed. And then Jesus says, life is not defined by what you have, even when you have a lot. What is Jesus saying here? Jesus is saying that you are not what you drive. You are not what you wear. You are not what you own. None of that matters. 
The lie says to be happy, to be fulfilled, and to be complete is to accumulate more. But I would ask this question, and if that's the case, this is the question I would give to the person who says, hey, you gotta get more. I would say this, what if the stuff you're going after is actually robbing you from the life that you really want? You say, what does that even mean? Well, what that means is, is because the chase that takes place for you to get your stuff could be robbing you of peace. It could be robbing you of joy. It could be robbing you of the time that you should be spending with your family, dedicating your service to the Lord. The chase for more can literally keep you away from the life you actually want to live. I know this might be hard to hear, but when the things of God get replaced for working just a little bit more, there's an issue. No one likes to hear that. When you start to put the chase of more and it gets in the way of not spending time with God, not devoting yourself to prayer, not raising your family in the ways of God, not finding a way within your church or your community to serve, when the chase for more gets in the way, of that, there's a problem. Now, now here's the deal. If you've ever fallen into that category, and let's just be honest, we probably all have, right? Come on, look at your neighbor and say, you have. Okay, now do that whole smile thing we were talking about earlier. We've all done it. Not, not one person is probably exempt from skipping out. Come on, let's just call it skipping out on church because they want to get some extra hours in. Because one, they didn't manage their time, or two, they want the accumulation of more. Now I want you to hear me. I don't say that rudely. I've done it. I've been there. What happens though is when that becomes the norm and God becomes the afterthought, your chase for more has taken from you. And what you're saying is, no, I want everything God has for me. I want to do this. I want, but you're allowing these things and the chase for more to get away. What if the stuff you're going after is actually robbing you from the life you really want to live? It's worth thinking about. For those of you watching us online, good to see you. It's worth thinking about. Is it really worth it? So I think today, in this whole idea of talking about stuff, we, we need to just kind of pause and just take control of this idea of more and get back to what Solomon is saying. Solomon is saying one handful of quietness. Is your life too loud? Is it from one thing to the next? Does it seem overwhelming? Can you not find rest? Because I gotta get more. I gotta get more. I've gotta do this. I've gotta do that. I've gotta go here. I've gotta go there. I can't say no, I've gotta say yes. The words of Solomon, I, I think today, speak louder than ever before. And even as we head into the Christmas season where, let's just be honest, it's crazy. People are crazy. Smile. People get all caught in everything. No, 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 no. What if? 
What if one handful was enough of quietness? It's going through social media, Perry. Saw a great picture of you sitting down with your grandkids. Can't remember the exact caption, but something along the lines of, this is what it's all about. And my sir, you are correct. That to me is a life of quietness. Could be a lot of things. So I want to give you three thoughts. Just three. It's a good number. I like three. Mainly because if I go beyond that, I can't remember them. <laughs> but three things I think we need to understand about what we refer to as this, this one handful living that Solomon's talking about. And the first one you might not like so much. I actually changed it this morning because as I looked at it again in my prayer time, I thought, oh, this can go really bad really quick. So, so I'm going to give it to you. I want to give you three things. This is how we're going to go from a crazy, loud, overwhelmed life to one handful with quietness. Number one is this. We're going to throw it out or give it away. Now this morning I woke up with throw it out. And I realized that can start a fight real quick in a household. <laughs> throw it out. No, we're not throwing it out. Oh boy, here we go. Throw it out or give it away. That's the first thing I want to encourage. If you want to get to a place, especially this holiday season, where you begin to live for the things that matter most, I want you to throw it away. Or I want you to give it away. Because your life does not consist of the abundance of stuff that you have. I know I joked about it a little bit earlier, but I would argue all day long <laughs> that owning less is way better, way better. Everyone say way better, way better. than organizing more. I would say that to be true. There was a guy in the New Testament, Jesus is speaking to him. You, you know the story if you're familiar with church and the Bible. But it was the story of the rich young ruler. And he came to Jesus one day and he was asking a question. And the thing about Jesus is Jesus knew how to talk to the individual while also speaking to a crowd all at the same time. So he comes along and the gentleman says, you know, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus lists all these things and then he says, there's one thing you're lacking. You guys know the story? He says, go sell all you have. All you have. Those two handfuls that you've been filling your life up on. Rich young ruler that is full of toil and never ending and never stopping. I want you to go sell it. And then he said this. I want you to give. Give it to the poor. See, Jesus had to address an issue in a man who got caught up at some point or another with his stuff. And what he was saying to him was, here's the deal. The stuff that you have doesn't matter as much as you think it does. But if you give it away, if you give away the things that don't matter, you'll have more of what really does. Now let's go to the story. What was his first question? Eternal life. When you know where you're going, you all know where you're going, right? Like this world's not your home. Y'all got quiet right there. Do we need to pause to give an altar call right now? Because I will. We'll even go old school, man. I'll bring you up to the front, lay hands on you. We'll, I mean, we'll get after it. I was raised Pentecostal. Okay, so we can make that happen. This is not your home. 
Another reason why your stuff really don't, you don't get to take a U-Haul to heaven. You can take people though, but you can't take stuff. So living for what really matters, it's going to cause you to look within and go, is accumulating all this stuff and chasing after this really going to matter in light of eternity? And for this guy, no. You see, it's wrong when your life is, de is defined by your stuff. It's wrong when you believe that more stuff is actually what you need to be fulfilled and to be happy in life. I would go as far as say it's actually a spiritual void in your life. And it needs to be filled by the goodness of God and his grace. Because here's really what we want. We want less of the stuff that doesn't matter so that we can have more of what does. If that's the case, we're going to throw it out or we're going to give it away. I'll talk a little bit more about giving here in a minute. But I wanted to make sure I didn't make you mad if you have four storage sheds and a garage full and an attic full and the guest bedroom full. You see, I'm going, okay, cool. Number two, this is going to help a lot of people in the room. We're going to buy less. That's where you should shout unto the Lord. We're going to buy less. We're going to be people who do not fall into the trap. Well, Black Friday's already gone, so some of you are like, for the glory of God, I did well. <laughs> yep, Cyber Monday's coming. So from this point, I'm trying to save you from tomorrow. You're gonna buy less. Fun fact, did you know that 62% of people actually admit to shopping to cheer themselves up? True story. Smile. Because for them, it's a form of entertainment. They want something new. They want something clean. Shopping makes them powerful. It gives them a sense of momentary significance to buy, watch here, to buy something they don't need with the money they don't have to impress the people they don't like. I know that doesn't speak to everybody in the room. But you ever been around someone like that? Shopping is nothing more than to prove to someone else that they've got it all together. It's a lie. I love the words of Psalm 119.36. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to covetousness. Turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things and revive me in your way. How about in the message translation? Give me a bent for your words of wisdom and not for piling up loot. Divert my eyes from toys and trinkets and invigorate me on the pilgrim way. What, 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 what he's saying here is, hey, help me focus on what matters more. Not just what I, what I buy. Vanessa is far more spiritual than I. I admit that. Something I'm working on. And there have been times where Vanessa has brought things to my attention that I kick myself because I'm like, I should have caught that. I should have seen that. But one of the things that Vanessa said to me a few years ago was we were diving through this whole idea of stuff. And she said, what if we started replacing stuff for actual memories? What if we traded out 
stuff for experiences. And I thought, wow. And then I kind of went back in my mind, as probably you could too, and I thought about, I cannot remember a single thing. Well, not a single. I can't remember more than probably five things that I ever got for a birthday or for Christmas. But I sure can remember the trips that I took. The experiences that I, that I had. And so earlier this year, I think it was this year, it's been a long year. I don't know when we did it. Might have been the year before, I don't know. But Jacob had an action Bible. And if you know Jacob, an action Bible is right up his lane. He read the whole thing, front to cover. And I remember, oh, there you go. He, he's also my, um, he's my, he's my, um, he watches me drum every week and he lets me know when I do a good job too. So it's kind of nice. But I remember thinking that, you know, oh, we should get this for him and get that for him. And Vanessa stopped me in that moment. She said, well, what if we didn't get him anything, but we told him he could do something? So to make a long story short, pre-COVID, not knowing that was going to happen, we went out and got passes to Six Flags. And that day we got to go and Jacob got to ride every ride roller coaster that he could fit on, that he was tall enough for. Slight meltdown on one of them. I think by the time we get to go back, shouldn't be an issue. And we created an experience. I was talking with Nate yesterday as I came over to the church. He was in here practicing, I tell you. Leads our worship team so well, Nate. Wants to be led of the Holy Spirit. There's nothing better. I'm, I'm hopping back on the drums, and I'm not much of a drummer anymore, but when a guy says, hey, we're just going to, here's the verse, here's the bridge, here's the chorus, let's just see what God's going to do, I'm like, I like you. <laughs> but the presence of God comes. Amen. So we were here talking, and we were talking about this whole idea of stuff over experiences. And so one of the things that we started doing with our boys because of this is I realize that some of this is a part of stuff, but... We have a Saturday every single year. We did it yesterday where we went up and we got our, choc our hot chocolate. Got to have that. It's got to have sugar. We got our donuts because who wants to drink hot chocolate without a chocolate bar? Hello. <laughs> went and cut down our Christmas tree, decorated it, put up the lights, watched a Christmas movie. There's only one thing we didn't do yesterday. Time kind of got away, but we determined that we wanted our boys to have experiences. And so when it comes to their stuff that they get to give, their Christmas list, it's very simple. They get a piece of paper, and this is what they get to fill in. It's how they do their Christmas list. You get a want, a need, a where, a read. And then I thought about this last night, and a give. So in other words, when it comes to a gift, what do you really need? What's a need you have? What's a want you have? What's a fun toy you want? What's something you need to wear? I got two boys. I can't keep them in clothes anymore. It's disheartening at times. I'm like, we just got those for church and there's holes in them. <laughs> what do you want to read? They get to pick a book that they've been wanting to read or a series that they want to read. And then I was just praying and preparing, but then I thought, you know what, this year, I want them to, to be givers. So what's something that you can give to maybe a friend that you know that's less fortunate or someone. What we're, what we're trying to do is we're trying to create experiences. And I realize that some of that is buying, don't get me wrong. 
But this whole idea of buy less is just understanding that you don't have to go crazy. Buy less. Colette, everyone said, especially Chris. Amen. You missed your part there, Chris. I know you were really focused on the computer, but I just gave you a really good reason to say amen. I hate this oh! <laughs> Junior, usher, please. All right, number three as Nate comes. As Nate comes. So we're going to throw it out and give it away. We're going to buy less. And then this year, we're going to give more. We're going to give more. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all the things to enjoy. Notice that. God gives you things to enjoy. You can enjoy it. This is not a message that says you can't enjoy. Understand where it comes from. God. All good things come from above. Verse 18. Here's the switch though. Let them do good. That they may be rich in good works. Ready to give. Willing to share. Storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come. That they may hold on eternal life. Now here's the problem with that scripture. The very first line, a lot of people go, okay, cool. Doesn't apply to me. What's it say? Command those who are rich. Oh, cool. This isn't applying to me because I'm not, I know this is weird. I'm speaking and my name's Rich, but you see what I'm saying? I'm like, am I the only one who thinks this? It's speaking to you. Because let's just put this into proper perspective. If you drove a car here today, according to the globe, you're in the top five to seven percent in the population if you drove a car here. If you ate three meals a day or you have the opportunity to eat three meals a day, the option, you're in the top 40 percent. You're rich. So when I read this scripture again, here's what I want. I want you to hear it. I want you to feel what this scripture is saying. I want you to internalize it. Matter of fact, before I read it, I want you just to say real quick to yourself, say, Holy Spirit, speak to me in this. Go ahead, just do it real quick. Now, now watch. First Timothy again. Command those who are, who are rich in the present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all the things to enjoy. He's going to give you everything you need. He says the word all. But here's where the switch happens. Let them do good. That they may be rich in good works. Ready to give. You notice that word? Ready to give. If a need comes up in the life of someone that you have the ability to help, it's not uh, hesitant. It's nope, ready. God, give me the heart of a person who says, I want to be ready to give. If I hear something around me, Holy Spirit, I trust you to lead me and to guide me to give. How about this one? Willing to share. In other words, yeah, it's mine, but I'll let you have it. I can share this with you. It's a mindset. It's a way of living. It's, it's, the, it's literally... Jesus 
who we're called to be like. Instead of, no, I got to hold and hold and get and get and, and your hands are full. You can't even give. That is the, the mindset of a person who says, God, let it be this year. God, let it be for my life that I'm giving. Pastor Steve and Renee, you'll laugh at this, but your, your son-in-law, he is one different kind of guy. Chris, if you're watching this later on social media, yes, I'm talking about you. But we were talking about something the other day. And he had talked about there's been times where his music equipment, which is a whole other conversation, where he's given away certain things, just gave it away. And then has been blessed with something that far exceeded what he gave away. Because he knew the tug of the Holy Spirit to just be a person who says, I just want to give. That's, that's the heart we want. You want to be a giving person. Here's the deal. We don't feel guilty about our blessings because our God is a good God and our God blesses. You don't got to feel guilty about that. But here's the deal. When your stuff begins to have you and dictates your yeses and your noes to God, it's time to check yourself. Now, if I was speaking in Sacramento where I was born and raised, I would say, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> but I realize I am not in the hood of Sacramento where I grew up on the boulevard. So I'm going to rewind that like the guy did in the video, and you're going to pretend you never heard that. Your life does not consist in the abundance of stuff. But when you're a blessing, when you choose experiences, when you, when you overflow the goodness of God, and you become a person who is generous, that is the life that we're wanting and needing. Amen. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and follow us on social media to hear more about what God is doing through our church at Canyon Hills, San Luis Obispo. For more information, visit us at canyonhills.com.